0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Today I'd like to invite you to join with me on a Bible study. Uh, so I would ask you to open up your pew Bibles to page 1176. 1176. 1176, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 32. Again, page 1176. We'll be looking at a lot of different passages, so you might want to mark uh, this page uh, somehow. As you're looking up that page, again, 1176, the passage, the the context of the passage is the Apostle Paul is talking about The sinful nature that we have, you know, by nature we're sinful that we confessed. And then God creates something new in us when he brings us to faith. This new self that wants to do God's will. Uh, And so there's this this constant putting off the old and putting on the new. And then he, he gives us some examples of what that means. And that's where our text begins. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, have you ever listened to a podcast or read a book that you go, this changes my life? That's the way I would describe this book by Brant Hansen, Unoffendable, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. Brandt is a Christian radio talk show host. He talks to about a million, or 6 million people, uh, primarily Christians, every week. And when you talk with that many people every week, you are probably going to get some of them angry with you. For example, this is a little phrase from one of the emails he received. That he was told, the devil smiles each time you pick up your mic. You don't have one intelligent or spiritual thing to say. A lukewarm, undecided follower. Wow. That Christian's angry. Offended. But Brant isn't the only one. This past week, uh, President Gergel of our Martin Luther College in New Ulm was the keynote speaker at our district convention. And he was given the assignment to, to speak on the topic of encourage one another. And this is the way Pastor Gergel began his paper. I was a little stunned that your district presidium would ask a pharisaical, legalistic, hypocritical, government toady, fascist, and heretic to deliver this keynote address. But they did, and here I am. All those descriptions and titles were used for me in phone calls, social media, and emails during my first year at Martin Luther College as the pandemic troubled our world. I think that most of the students at Martin Luther College were Christian and probably their parents too. But they were angry. But didn't they have a right to be angry? Brandt Hansen in this book says no. You don't have a right to be angry. It's like, whoa. Wait a second. What about the concept of righteous anger? This is what I mean is, is this book forced me to think through things in a way that I never thought of before. And we chose today, Father's Day, to be the day that we we begin this four-part study of this topic of being unoffendable because we as dads we so very often set the tone for the family that we have influence around us and if we act in anger it impacts everybody and if we act in anger that's how our kids will learn react to. But don't we have a right to be angry? Especially this month. June is gay pride month. Christians have a right to be angry, right? This month, Multiple innocents have died of gun violence. Don't we have a right to be angry about that injustice? In the next week or two, the Supreme Court is going to issue a divisive decision about the right to life and our pregnancy counseling centers are already being threatened. Oh, certainly, we have a right to be angry. And Brent would say no. And that made me go, well, I wonder what God says. So I had to do some Bible study for myself. That's what I'd like to invite you to do with me. Let's start with the passage that appears to say that God commands us to be angry. Now, for those of you who are old enough, you memorized Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 in the King James translation. Be angry and sin not. That sounds like a command, right? God is saying to us, be angry. But is it? Well, one of the blessings of being a pastor is we had to study Greek along the way. So I looked at the Greek. If you look up the word for be angry in the Greek interlinears that are out there online, it will say that it is an imperative. Now, I know for you English majors, you're just, Ooh, imperative, this is great stuff. I'm going to use the word indicative in just a minute as well. Imperative means command. Indicative is just a, a, a statement of fact. The interlinears say this verb form is... An imperative. It is a command. Be angry, God is saying to us. But I looked at that form and went, man. I'm not sure. I have to do a little bit of digging back and looking at the Greek verb endings. And you know what I found out? The imperative and the indicative, the command, and just the the statement of fact, it is the exact same form. So the, the word can be, be angry, or it can just be a statement of fact. So you're angry. So which one is it? Well, this is a quotation from Psalm 4. So I took a look at Psalm 4. And if you want to, Take your worship folder. On the inside back cover of the worship folder is group work that we we develop every week for our small group Bible studies and your family and personal Bible study. Right at the end of group work, I quote the entire Psalm 4. So why don't you take a look at Psalm 4? Be angry and sin not is a quotation from Psalm 4, verse 4. Do you see it there? Tremble and do not sin. Wait a second. It doesn't say be angry. It says tremble. Oh, got to do some more research. Why does it say tremble and not be angry? Oh, because the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, kind of did a paraphrase of the word tremble. And they translated it be angry the apostle paul is quoting from the the septuagint the the greek translation of the old testament the hebrew for tremble is the idea of shaking you you know have you ever been so angry that you start to shake in fear you can hear it so often in people's voices right when they're angry you can hear their, their their voice starting to shake right that's the word So God isn't saying, be angry. It's tremble. And then, well, if the, if the words, forms aren't clear, then, then you start to look at the context. So you look at the context of, of Psalm 4. Psalm 4 King David is writing Psalm 4, and he seems to have the same problem that many of us do that we have a hard time sleeping at night because in the middle of the night we start to stew about all the things that people have said and done to us or to people we love. And we get angry. Look at verse 1. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And I, I, I say that it's his struggle in the middle of the night because look at verse 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep. He's talking about these struggles that we have in the middle of the night. Why do we have these struggles? In verse 3, God makes a diagnosis, or verse 2, I'm sorry. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? And then I realized, God was saying to King David, he's saying to me, he's saying to you, you guys are delusional. You're delusional because you think that because I am not answering your prayers the way you want me to, that I am not being just and coming in judgment on people who, who should have judgment, that somehow I haven't heard your prayers. And that, that you have to take on the role of God because God is failing Why are we angry in the middle of the night? Isn't it because we're taking on that role of God? We're angry and want judgment on somebody. How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? That's not what God has called us to do. He hasn't called us to be the judge. So what's the solution? Look at verse 3. Why don't you read verse 3 with me? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself, The Lord hears when I call to him. When we're upset in the middle of the night, to remember, the Lord set you apart as his very own. You are infinitely precious to him. He hasn't promised that he's going to answer our prayers the way we think is right. But he wants us to know, I hear you. I hear you. And that's the context where God says, Trumble, be angry, and sin not. God is just recognizing that this is the way we are by nature. This is our defiance. Fault response that when we see things that people say and do to us that, that hurt us, that hurt the people we love, when we see things that are just wrong in the world, we tend to get angry. He's not saying you be angry, he's just acknowledging you're gonna get angry because that's your default. And that's the context of Ephesians 4, too. In Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about the sinful nature. That is, we are by nature sinful, right? We just confess that? Oh yeah, every one of us has the same sinful nature. That by default goes to anger. The solution, tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Hmm. I want to search your heart instead. You see, isn't that what we do in the middle of the night? When we're angry, we so very often know exactly what you're thinking. I love the way Brand Hansen uh, talks about this stuff. Uh, He says, uh, uh, Where is it? Everybody's an idiot but me. I'm awesome. That's the default, isn't it? I have good reasons for all the dumb things that I do, but obviously none of you have good reasons for doing the dumb things that you do. And the next quote that I have there is uh, We have no idea what is in someone else's heart, we don't know the backstory. I don't know what you're thinking. So very often we assume that we do, right? We know why somebody said said something, did something. We know why they're involved in some immoral action. And it's so easy for us to judge. But we don't know their hearts. And so the solution is not, you be angry at them, but acknowledge, I have a sinful nature that causes me to be angry. And I need to search my own heart. To recognize my own delusions. To confess my own sins. My own first commandment sins where I am trusting myself and my judgment more than God. And then look back at Psalm 4, verse 5. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. The call to be unoffendable, to not get angry, is first of all a call to humility, to see your own sins, but then also a call to trust. To trust that the Lord's got this. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. You're going to make him blush. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God has not called upon us. To carry out his wrath and judgment. He's reserved that to himself. Paul warns there, don't become overcome evil, but be overcome by evil. See, this is the danger that we, we think that we have this, this, this claim, this right to be angry. But our anger isn't what God's calling for oh but what about righteous anger isn't that a biblical concept we've all heard righteous anger right so hmm. so I looked up righteous anger in the Bible there's three verses in the entire Bible that use righteous and anger in the same verse the first one is Daniel chapter 9 verse 16 Lord, in keeping with your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill, your holy church of the Old Testament. The Lord is righteous, and the Lord is not a place to be angry. The Lord is the one who can search hearts, right? He sees our sins and our dumb reasons are excuses and he is just Zechariah 2.3 is the second one seek righteousness seek humility perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger yes the Lord is able to have righteous anger because he alone is the holy one and he can execute judgment because he knows his best. All right, this is a first. Yeah, something's angry back there. The only other passage that talks about righteousness and anger in the same verse is the one that Pastor Keel read from James chapter 1. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. See, obviously we should have been outside worshiping today, and what this would have been in place. You know, if something comes running out at me, don't be surprised, that I'm going to start running that direction. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There is no Bible passage that says that you have a right to righteous anger. God does. You and I don't. In fact, The Apostle Paul warns that this anger has a polluting power to it. In Ephesians chapter 4, if you still have that page, look at verse 26. In your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anger is the devil's foothold into your heart. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. One of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was from Professor Selno at Northwestern College. He told us, always pray with your spouse before you go to bed, because as you pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses, how can you ask God to forgive you unless you first of all forgive your spouse? Don't let The sun go down while you're angry. It's given the devil a foothold into your heart. Or look at verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. That by our anger, there's no Bible terms for righteous anger. By our anger, we are driving out the Holy Spirit that can change our hearts, that can preserve us in our faith. Anger is a danger, not something to claim and say, I am proud of my righteous anger. Trust. Trust that God Is merciful when it's the right time to be merciful, that he is just at the right time that it's to be just, and that he hears your prayers and he knows how best to answer them. Psalm 4 ends with In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. In peace. In shalom. In everything is going to be all right when we give up our right to be angry and entrust it to God. Oh, there's so much more to say. That's why it's a four-part message series. Next week, we're going to take a look at at the call to be unoffendable is, first of all, a call to be merciful. Then on on July 3rd, we're going to look at the, the call to rest, that so often we exhaust ourselves because we think we need to be the the judge of the world. And then is finally the question that is on so many of your minds right now, I am sure. What about all those horrible things that are happening? What about the injustices in the world? What about the immorality in the world? Aren't we supposed to do something Yes, but not be angry. Be anger and sin not recognize. That's your first reaction, and you've got to put it away. What's God calling us to do? It's not to be angry, but to do the work of love. I'd like to close with a, an illustration that Brandt used that. that As a a Lord of the Rings nerd, I love. So, those of you who know the Lord of the Rings, you know the Ring of Power, right? The Ring of Power controlled all the other rings in Middle Earth. And the Ring of Power was a, a polluting power that the ring bearer, Frodo, as he carries that ring... It has a negative effect on everybody around him. And that ring of power is so heavy, it exhausts Frodo as you go through the saga. Frodo gets tireder and tireder. It is so heavy to bear. But Frodo is not meant to use the one ring of power. He is meant to take it, to Mount Doom and throw it into the fires of Mordor to destroy it. Brothers and sisters, we all carry the one ring, the ring of power. It's the natural reaction to be angry. And when we react angrily to something, it pollutes and negatively impacts everybody around us just like the ring, and it's heavy, too heavy for us to carry. You can see the weight of that ring. On Monday, Thursday evening, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's carrying that ring of power, right? He's carrying that ring of God's anger Father, take this cup, take this ring from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. It is too heavy for him to carry, but he carries it where? The Mordor, the fires of God's mercy and justice in the cross. And that's where God's anger towards you and me, that's where God's anger is destroyed. We are forgiven God has cast his anger into the fires of the cross. And brothers and sisters, that is our call too. Frodo only had to throw the ring of power into the fires of Mordor once. You and I have the call to do it every single day. To take the ring of power And humility, say, I can't carry it, Lord. And trust the Lord will. And lie down and sleep in peace. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.